The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We have many things incubating in this society and culture of the world today. And yet many do not know how to interpret or read these things in the proper perspective. Because we look through things and look at things with the proper perspective of the world, its standards, the way people are educated, the way people understand things according to their environment, how they've been raised, their culture. When we're supposed to be looking at it biblically, everything in the world must be looked through the eyes of a biblical worldview. And when we don't, we grow away from God. Biblical worldview leads you to God. An unbiblical worldview leads you away from God. Satan's one uh, over one, God's the leader of the other. And so we have situations taking place now in our culture that's very frightening. And indeed, if we weren't doing what I said to do, which is pray, you, know, you will not be afraid of the future, 
fast, you won't be afraid of evil. It would be a frightful place to be at this moment. Even though we know what was coming and what is coming and what's happening right now, it's still shocking to see the reality of it. We've foretold it through the messages. And yet now that things are happening, it's almost beyond belief. And I guess the surprise to me is the pace of it. What's happening in the morning is more the same except worse by the afternoon. Daily, it's just not one thing each day. It's multiple things throughout the day. So we see everything falling apart. And can believe that when our lady said it. But we learn it in a new way, in a reality of how Jesus became man and what he did as man and under the same temptations as man. That going through these experiences more real than what Our Lady told us, even though we believed it. Experience is everything. And that's why she's repeatedly used the word cognition now. Because we're getting experiences of many, many things in the world today that we can only theoretically or prophetically know is coming. It means so much the more when it does come. And so our read today covers this ground. This is from the book called America, Imagine a World Without Her. Two of the obvious indicators of decline are, first, the American economy is stagnant and shrinking relative to the growing economies of China, Russia, India, and Brazil. In a recent article, The End of the American Error, Stephen Walt writes, that China is likely to overtake America in total economic output no later than 2025. The Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, based in Paris, predicts that as early as 2016, when Obama leaves office, China, not the United States, will be the world's largest economy. When this seemingly inevitable event occurs, it will be the first time in many centuries that a non-Western, non-democratic, and non-English-speaking nation was headed the world's economy. Since the American era coincides with American economic dominance, it seems fair to say that when the dominance ceases, the American era will officially have come to an end. And history shows that once nations lose their position at the top of the world, they never get it back. Second, America is drowning in debt. While China is the world's largest creditor nation, America is the world's largest debtor nation. At $17 trillion, the national debt is now bigger than the annual gross domestic product. In other words, it is bigger than the total sum of goods and services that America produces in a year. Nearly half of this debt has been accumulated during the Obama years, at an average rate of a trillion dollars a year. At this pace, Obama will more than double the deficit in two terms. Since a substantial portion of America's debt is owed to foreign countries, such as China and the Arab nations, debt produces a transfer of wealth away from America and towards the rest of the world. Today, instead of America owning the world, the world increasingly owns America. Moreover, if America continues to pile on debt in Obama proportions, it won't be long before the country is bankrupt. 
The striking aspect of this is not that the problem is so serious, but that the president seems remarkably indifferent, as if he's carrying on business as usual. As we discover, he is, and the results are predictable. Rich countries, like rich people, can afford to act irresponsibly for a while, but eventually the creditors show up to take away your house and car. Decline has consequences, not only for America, but also for Americans. We are facing the prospect of a sharp drop not merely in America's role in the world, but also in America's standard of living. In some respects, America is exchanging places with the emerging countries. They are getting stronger while we grow weaker. They gain the influence that we have lost or relinquished. They are growing rapidly while we are risking an economic collapse that would plunge us into a second or even third world status. All this talk about America's decline or even collapse is surprising when we recall that just a few years ago, America seemed to be on the top of the world. In fact, America was the sole superpower. America's military military might was unrivaled, its economy dominant, and its culture spreading contagiously on every continent. The American ascendancy began in 1945 after World War II. That's when America became a superpower. But America became the sole superpower only when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1992. Thus, the triumph of America in the second half of the 20th century is accompanied by the sober realization that the American era is merely six decades old, and America has been the undisputed world leader for only two decades. When we consider that the Roman age lasted a thousand years and the Ottomans and the British dominated the world for several centuries, America's dominance seems brief and already is precarious. Add all that up to the equation, what it looks like as far as where we are on the world stage, we were the sole superpower. How quickly have we vacated that? Of course, this is because of our sins. When you sin, you lose your way. You have Russia right now rising its ugly head up. And did you know every day they're sending jets toward Alaska, to our borders, and we're having to scramble jets back up to ward them off? They're testing our response time. They're not doing that just to us. They're doing it to other nations. Look what they're doing to Ukraine. They've executed four pastors, hundreds of Protestants and Christians and Catholics. Anybody that's non-Orthodox, they're persecuting, killing, disappearing. Seems like Russia is running rampant. Putin's doing many, many things aggressively. They've got world domination thoughts in their heads. The way their behavior is defining it. Evil has come to rule our ladies, or has spoken to us of. And so how do we protect ourselves? Where are we supposed to be? Our lady says, be aware that your life is short and passing. What is she preparing us for? What is she saying these things for? Because people have evil aims on your life. She said, I am with you and intercede before my son for each of you, especially for those who consecrate themselves to me and my son. Do you realize you have a VIP pass? You have reserved seating. If you consecrate yourself, 
you make yourself more valuable, and then you got a voice to the Heavenly Father through the Virgin Mary. That's special. Above everybody else is doing their own thing. Not that you're better, but because you've given your titleship of your very being, your very soul, your very future, your whole life, and you work for a lady, why would you not have that? We see privileges in our community that our lady grants to us, but we don't merit nor deserve. And I can only say this message reveals the reason that we get VIP treatment sometimes by her. Maria just came back to, to Medjugorje for a couple of days. We have some of our community members there. They went to both apparitions. And we're placed in a favored position. Not because we're so good or so holy, but our, we work for Our Lady. We're consecrated to her. Our very life, our very breath is for her work. And she's not going to take the workers and say, go back in the back. She's going to put you to the front. And so we do have something we will publish this week that speaks of these things. How our Lady has favored us. Not again because we're better than somebody else. There's a lot more holier people than we are. But one thing we believe in is her messages and incorporate them into our life and to watch what's happening and be aware that our life is short and passing, that we are to spend our life helping others toward eternal life, that we don't own our own life. Why is that? Because she said so. And we believe it to be so. So let it be so. It's just real simple. Who do you want to be working for, the world or for God? There is privileges with that. To be consecrated is to be a VIP. It is to have reserved seating. Though the whole hierarchy and structure in heaven is the highest saints uh, the Archangel Michael, why is he in that position? Why is Lucifer in his position? Even even in hell that way. There's a hierarchy. The holier, the higher you rise. Why is the Virgin Mary the greatest creature in heaven? This is principles that's poured all throughout creation from heaven down into the earth. Who's the head of the food chain? Man. Who is the dominant earth? Man. Who is earth given to? Man. But you have evil-minded people that don't think that way. They're changing what's moral to what is immoral. You have things taking place. It's incredible. Obama just nominated or appointed the Ebola czar to fight Ebola's spread, Ron Klan. Immediate when I saw this and who he worked for, which was Vice President Al Gore, I knew this guy was bad news. The only complaint I read about is he has no medical expertise. He wasn't appointed for his medical expertise. That's not the issue. But that's what the people on our way of thinking may think. Well, why is he being appointed? Know your enemy, know yourself. And then you'll understand your enemy and you'll know why you need to do the things you need to do and what you speak about or do or act. Ron Klan was asked, and I wrote about this before I had these facts. We wrote about on a supplement of Ebola part two and said all these things without having factual information because we know our enemy. We have enemies as Christians. Yes, we have to love them. Yes, we have to pray for their conversion. 
All these things are critically important to be followers of our lady to love. But that don't mean you don't recognize an enemy for who an enemy is. Jesus knew who Herod was, and he says he's a fox. Jesus understood Pilate and who he was of washing his hands. He was political. He was just, just not going to kill an innocent man. He wanted to be a politician on both sides. His wife had warned him about Jesus. Don't harm this man. But he's the, he's the great politician on both sides of the fence. Klein was interviewed and he said about, whether well, he was interviewed about top leadership issues challenging our world today. Now, as you hear this, think this is the guy that is fighting Ebola, which is killing people and depopulating people and has a potential for great depopulation. Understand your enemy. You understand what he does and why he's where he is. Klein said, I think the top leadership issue in the world today is how to deal with the continuing growing population in the world and all the resources all the resources demand it places on the world and bludgeoning population in Asia and Africa that lack the resources to have a healthy, happy life. He continued, I think we've got to find a way to make the world work for everyone. Does that make you suspicious? What way will he be finding to make the world work for everyone? He continues, climate change impacts overpopulation issues by making it hard for people to live where they live. Another piece of the puzzle to understand this man and who he is and perhaps why Obama oblivious to these things. But the powers that be who appoint him say, oh, this would be the guy because he understands this and this is, this is the man. Obama is an empty vessel who's interested in many things and knows little about much. And so they can come in and manipulate him and say, oh, this is the guy you have to have. These appointments are orchestrated by powers that be. Klein's concerned, rather, Klein's concern about overpopulation is shared by White House science czar John Holdren. Holdren co-authored with Paul Edwards and his wife, Anne, an argument that involuntary birth control measures, including forced sterilization, may be necessary and morally acceptable. Did you catch that? They're putting themselves on the high road of morally acceptable in their positions because under extreme conditions such as widespread famine brought about by climate change, we will be able to conclude, well, if we don't have population, if we don't do sterilization because climate control, everybody suffers and they won't have a happy, healthy life. Both of them in this author and of this writing that they put out argued ample, quote, ample authority exists to regulate population growth. Holder and Erichers wrote on their textbook or in their textbook, that under the United States Constitution, effective population control programs, even including laws requiring compulsory abortion, can be sustained 
under the existing constitution of the population crisis, or rather underneath the constitution, if the population crisis becomes sufficiently severe to endanger the society. This guy just got in control of spreading and fighting Ebola. Did I miss say what I said? Spreading and fighting? Or fighting and spreading? Do you think maybe under the appearance of fighting Ebola would be the means that would spread it? Holder and Claim are in agreement with that overpopulation is a climate change issue, embracing the argument that a world with fewer people would emit less greenhouse gases. You want people like that in charge of fighting Ebola, who's for depopulation, for sterilization, saying it's constitutional? How do we shift to this? How do you interpret things as evil? Twelve soldiers yesterday returned to Italy to a base military, our U.S. military base, from Liberia. What did they do with them? They put them in quarantine as safety measures, standard procedure. What did the administration do? They went crazy. What are you doing this for? This is not, you're not following protocol of the White House. Why are they upset about that? The soldiers don't mind it. They understand it. Oh, but they're putting forth verbiage, real glib. They're changing what's moral to immoral and what's immoral to moral. It's more moral for the dignity of the people who are coming back from Africa helping the health workers not to be quarantined. This is below dignity. This is de-dignity. You're bringing people's dignity down. How can you treat somebody who goes over there? They're not talking about the soldiers. They're talking about health corps workers coming back to New York, New Jersey, other places. And they call them conquering heroes. That's how they should be treated. Neil Armstrong didn't have any trouble being quarantined for two weeks when he came back from the moon. And the earlier astronauts, they didn't have any trouble being quarantined. They didn't know what kind of germ or what kind of virus or what something might be let loose on the world. And nobody had a problem with that. But we've gotten so politically correct, and I don't want to say that with an overused term, it's an evil thing. Political correctness is very wicked from the devil. That's why you have to fight it in verbiage. That's where it starts. Don't say he, she, just say he. Don't say humankind, say mankind. You fight this battle. Read, look what happened when I sleep and explains these things, why you have to resist this. This past church on Sunday, where, what's, what's the name of the song? We're a Christian? You know that we are Christians by our love. And what did they change the verbiage? Uh, they changed from man to human. And brother to each other. Yeah. And if you went to object to this and you say, why are you changing that? They said, what's the big deal? What, what, what are you, why are you complaining about this? That's right. What's the big deal? Why change it then? If it's not a big deal, don't change it. Except it's a big deal and they know it's a big deal and they change this because they change the culture through verbiage and through words. That's where it starts. Satan only offered evil words. He didn't do anything physical until she consented. It's the words is where everything starts. You change the verbiage, you fall. Jesus, Jesus wasn't touched by the devil in the desert. 
He was only talked to him by words. The degradation of the language, the verbiage, how we refer to this or that, is where everything changes. And you got to start fighting this. So we have these conquering heroes coming in that say that we are not going to quarantine them no more. We can have monitors and we can do things in a different way that's more dignified. Where is common sense? It's gone because Jesus is gone. Our lady says Jesus is the light of salvation and the light of common sense. We've lost it. So these astronauts came in. Never once did anybody think, and they think it'd be laughable not to be quarantined. It's just part of what you do. You go to Africa, you help somebody, you come back as part of your protocol that you go in quarantine for 21 days. What's so wrong with that? And now they want to say, well, voluntarily do this for yourself. But see, they're so worried because it may be blacks that's coming, that may be discrimination or may translate into something. No, it's not about that. It's about a disease. We're so worried about offending somebody or doing something that we don't even act properly anymore. And so we got Ron Klein in charge, who is very much for sterilization, very much for depopulation, and he's going to fight Ebola spread. There are good people fighting Ebola. There are good intentioned doctors who want to stop it and nurses. There's good people out there wanting this not to happen. But in that mix, sprinkling in the crowd, are real depopulation people. And this Ryan Klein, his own record is showing this. He worked for Al Gore, and Al Gore is the king of, of depopulation and climate control. Agenda 21. You have to read Look What Happened When I Sleep, and everybody's got to go back to read this. So we have all these things happening. And nobody's questioning. And so the moral ground we have, really what's taking place is a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is a change in the basic assumptions. We just assume that for there was no big deal for people to be quarantined. If you've gone to Dubrovnik, those who've gone to Medjugorje, you pass through there, a beautiful, incredible thing, called, it's called the Jewel of the Adriatic, an incredible fortress. You'll see at the port, there's two long buildings. And in the Middle Ages, when you brought goods and good or even services or even your skills there, you had to go in one building for 60 days for quarantine. And then you passed through that and went into the next building for another 30 days. Roughly 90 days or so. I don't remember exactly, but it was quite a time. 90 days of quarantine. Why? Because it was just plain logic. That one person coming in a disease could wipe out the whole town. So we have a paradigm shift taking place that what a change in basic assumptions is just basic that you would be quarantined. It also means a fundamental change in an individual's or rather in an individual's or a society's view of how things work in the world. We don't even know how things work in the world anymore. And Christian principle is driven into the culture to be wealth created through the free markets, to live in this God's statutes that were shifting away from this. And so now, abominables, their lifestyles, they're the ones on the moral high ground. We're violators of their rights. Christians are bigoted, rather they're bigoted, hateful, nasty, restricting violators of the Constitution. 
their violations of stories of indigenous people whose pagan practices were replaced with Christian principles, so we therefore are wrong for what we did to them. And all these new moral people, high-minded pagans, abominables, are following the Constitution, and we're not. But they really hate Christians. They hate God. Or Churchill is a Native American. He's a well-known radical activist. He was asked, where is the evil empire today in the world? He answered, you're in it. So then he was asked, would America be better off like Nazi Germany was destroyed? With a bomb? And he answered in a calm voice, yes. That's how evil these people are. This is how wicked they are and what they're doing and what they want to travel in their, in their agenda. And so this paradigm shift is something that's really new, that's coming to manifest itself, that we really are going to be seen as wicked people for what we do and what we stand for. And this is where our lady is saying, I will intercede for you, especially those who consecrate themselves, and your life is passing. And it's, it's short. Our lady says, another message, you have a short time. And we see now something's manifesting so clearly that everybody that for centuries have been immoral are selling the moral higher ground, and we are the dirt. We're the pagan. We're in the position of the lower-grade people. It's, it's incredible that you can see that it's moral to control population. The more argument can be made and it would abide by the Constitution to do depopulate and sterilization. You can't even imagine this just 10 years ago. So we have this taking place with us right now, and where we're headed with it is not very good. Not a good place. I want to recommend something to everybody. A friend just bought me the book, Denise D'Souza's book called America, which came out during Obama's first uh, election, or maybe his second election two years ago. And he says, America, imagine a world without her. And it's incredible, and it's a must-read. The explanation, I'm not through the whole book yet, but the explanation he puts in, D'Souza is from India. He's an immigrant. He's not born American. And he writes in the book about Ellis Islands with a picture, a caption on it, with all these immigrants in the 20s or so walking into America. And he says this, Newcomers to America on Ellis Island, immigrants like me, D'Souza, are a walking refutation of the idea that all cultures are equal. Do you hear what he said? This completely smacks political correctness, the whole thinking, the whole mindset, everything we put in our government, all the laws are not discrimination. All these things are, are slammed by this statement of his. Immigrants like me are a walking refutation of the idea that all cultures are equal. Then he says this, we are voting in the most decisive way possible 
against our native countries and in favor of America. That's the immigrants who came here that was proud to be Americans. They wasn't calling themselves African-Americans or Latin-Americans or from whatever country they're from, and they want to be the, the proud of Mexico. Then why go back there? Even Cassius Clay, and that's what I call him. I don't call him Muhammad Ali. When he came back from Africa, was asked after visiting, what do you think about Africa? He said, I thank God my grandfather's got on a, got on a boat. So you want to claim yourself as Africans at the expense of losing what's in America to go back to that? We have to be thoughtful. We have to pray. We have to think. We have to realize what we're doing with this country. You want to get Frank's information? Yes, Frank Williams with Global Silver Investors can be contacted. Toll free 877-936-7686. Again, that's 877-936-7686. You can reach him by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. That's globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And the website is globalsilverinvestors.com with general information. On Sunday morning, June 8th this year, Victor and three other ministers were taken from their church and stuffed in a car by men carrying automatic weapons. This is in the Ukraine. A month later, their burned bodies were found in a mass grave. Three of the ministers had been executed at point-blank range. Victor was shot in the back as he tried to escape his captors. These Christians weren't murdered in Nigeria, Iraq, or Pakistan. They were killed in Europe. Europe. People ask me about Europe. I say, Europe's going to burn. Because they have forsaken their Christian principles. They have forsaken their roots. John Paul says, Europe, go back to your Christian roots. He didn't say you're not a Christian nation. If your roots are Christian, what's going on top is diseased. You're still Christian. It's just diseased Christian. They were killed in Europe, shot dead by armed separatists of eastern Ukraine. Tragically, their case represents only a tiny fraction of the persecution. A tiny fraction are the persecutions that swept war-torn Crimea and eastern Ukraine. And it goes on, and it goes on, and on. And now it's coming here. It's coming to Canada. What are you going to do? Support this mission. You support it to this point. There is many, many things we're working on. You who are field angels who monthly support this is absolutely crucial. You continue to fund this, especially more now than ever before. We have to have the funds to put the material out. We're cranking up our presses right now, nonstop for three months of printing for a huge moment of evangelization. And we're not one second too late. And we're not even early. We're barely there to catch the crest of the wave and ride it. We're on the verge of so many things happening, and all you have to do is look around you what is happening, as I said, October 2nd, 2014. It's all up to you. Thank you for responding to our latest messages. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Radio Wave Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.